to my fellow Ephesians and those that love them. On Friday, I had the opportunity to meet and talk with Angelique. Angelique is the president of the board of directors for ARCH, known as Aphasia Resources Collaboration Hub. I was scheduled to join the monthly ARCH meeting, but I failed to convert the time difference between East Coast and Central time zones, and I logged into the ARCH meeting 59 minutes late. Oops! That was not the way to make a first impression. However, I had the opportunity to speak with Angie, and she and I set up a phone call for later that day. She and I chatted for 45 minutes. Rather, I should say, she talked and I listened. She graciously agreed to let me share what I heard her say. She talked and I transcribed. I used to be quite the typist back in high school and not long after high school. And I'll tell you, she even challenged Angie as a dynamo and she will talk the flowers off a wallpaper. But what's so important is her insights about her journey as a stroke survivor. She had so much to say. We covered many topics for which she shared great insight. The bullet points and quotes below that you'll see in the show notes are both chronological and organized by topic. The words in bold are some of my takeaways from her story. Again, you'll see that in the show notes. Here's Angie's stroke story. Her stroke was in May 2017. She worked as a finance manager for the largest car dealership in the country. Numbers and talking were very important for her job. For any of you that have ever bought a car, you know what the finance manager does. She believes her innate ability to pivot conversation and use analogies has assisted her in her stroke recovery. Her stroke occurred in the evening after a day of work. She was relaxing at home playing Xbox. She went to reach for a glass and couldn't pick it up. She described her speech as nonsense. She knew it was wrong. Quote, I tried to mentally record everything I was feeling to determine what was wrong. Just my hand and my speech. Her husband called 911 and the young man, the paramedic, arrived. And Angie recalls that he thought I was having a panic attack and said that it was up to me whether or not I wanted to go to the hospital. Looking back, she said, that really bothered me. She goes on to say, our assumption is that a paramedic is trained and they should know what is wrong, especially when I'm not speaking, and that I was much different than having just a panic attack. She had two strokes that night and was discharged relatively soon from the hospital. Aphasia in the early days. Angie describes the early days as feeling like I was in a cavern or underwater. What I heard was unclear and fragments. The words were overlaying each other, different voices, like a montage. 
She goes on to say, I didn't realize what I couldn't do until I tried to do it. My husband was concerned and I went into lockdown. She slept a lot in the early days and said she didn't know how bad it was until she went to church and could not say communion. She couldn't say the words that she knew to say. Everything she intended to say didn't come out. Angie went on to describe her aphasia as, I know where the information drawer is, but it's empty. When I look in the drawer, I see through to the floor. She lives with this daily, but she's used to it now. Fog, that's her term. She describes aphasia within itself. I have to pick words out of a stream of thought. Let me say that again. I have to pick words out of a stream of thought to make a sentence, not necessarily saying what I wanted to say. I haven't said what I want to say in years. I got to the point in the last six months, I was doing work at Temple University, and when I didn't go, my language productions dropped by 30%. If you don't use it, you lose it, she says. Before my stroke, I had a wardrobe box full of words. We all have a wardrobe box. Now, I have a shoe box, and I have to navigate with what I have. Now, she goes on to say, I have an Amazon box. You know, the size of a box you get when you're fired from a job and you have to clean out your desk. How does she know that, by the way? Now, I have a file box like that. A person with primary progressive aphasia, she says, only has a ring box. As my box gets bigger and what I haven't figured out it's about the brain damage and how much you work at getting it back. Sometimes it's a total loss. It depends on the capacity if you get it back. My strokes were smaller. Inspiration. One of the people that inspired Angie was Dr. Jill, a neuroscientist who had a stroke. I've included the link to Dr. Jill's TED Talk in the show notes. I came home, he says, and I got on YouTube, Khan Academy. I looked up what I could on aphasia, but Dr. Jill described something to me. She had aphasia, but she was up there talking. My counterparts weren't having her type of success. Why did she have success? I got involved in research at Temple University. If she could do it about her situation, and she couldn't talk at all, she had real problems. That's in quotes. Angie's goal is to do a TED Talk. Founder of Arch. Angie is the visionary and co-founder of Arch and works with the other musketeers, Dr. Nadine Martin, Julie Schlesinger. Julie keeps Arch running. I've included a link to Arch in the show notes. Arch is about, and I took this word for word from the website. Imagine if there was a place to look on a trusted website to print out a flyer for support group clinics or research opportunities in the area. 
People with aphasia could learn about choirs and exercise groups and groups that can then grow while people with aphasia get more friends through much needed outlet as well as a place to learn. Angie is speaking my language. Researchers can share information breakthroughs and have a place to notify people with aphasia about research opportunities. Clinicians could have a reliable source in which to direct their clients so they could find out about everything available to them as well as have a way to engage with other clinicians in the area. ARCH, Aphasia Resource Collaboration Hub, is a landing pad for everyone to realize resources. Tuned in. Angie says that she and her husband are tuned in to each other. They recognize that not all survivors and their spouses are tuned in together. She understands those blockages. How do we help spouses get tuned in to their person with aphasia? About the box. I have mastered my box. Outside of my box, I'm a train wreck, she says. There is a physical disconnect from my brain to my mouth. Outside of the box refers to when she talks about less familiar topics. She attributes her sales experience to helping her gloss over and BS her way in an unfamiliar or unpracticed conversation. She describes her aphasia as recognizing the people and places around her, but that it seems like she is on another planet and her, quote, communication device doesn't work on this planet. Aphasia and intelligence. Angie acknowledges that intelligence isn't directly impacted by aphasia. She goes on to say, but if I can't tie my shoe or add, did I lose my intelligence? She says, people don't judge you by what you know, but by what you can prove you know. If I can't produce, what's my, she asks. I did have every intention of going back to work as a finance manager, but I couldn't do the math. She describes going to five and below and purchasing a fourth grade math book. It looked like Arabic, she says. Eventually, I settled on a pre-K math book and it was still work. I didn't know what I didn't know. It was such a drop in the bucket that much worse, it was much worse than I thought. Her husband. Her best friend never left her side. She says, I am married to the pick of the litter. He is everything, smart, handsome. He's got all his teeth, smells good. I really do have a great husband. Thank you, Angie, for spending the time with me today and for sharing your candid story. Honestly, I could have spoken to Angie for hours. She is smart, witty, insightful, and gracious with her time. I look forward to our next interaction. 
In our time together, Angie acknowledges the work yet to be done to help her fellow aphasians. Angie, I think your TED Talk can be titled, To My Fellow Aphasians and Those Who Love Them. I hope you find some insight and nuggets of wisdom from Angie's words. I know that I did. Learn more about the work we have before us at Life Aphasia Academy. I look forward to working with Angie and Arch to support survivors and their families. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share it with a friend. We are all about building the village to support those who live with aphasia and neurologic conditions. If you're interested, head over to listenforlifepodcast.com. And there you will be able to find this episode and the show notes for which the episode is transcribed. Additionally, you'll be able to download the guide of top tips for communication and self-care. It's a guide I put together not only for improving communication in some easy, actionable steps, but also helping the caregiver find some self-care for themselves. Thank you very much for listening. Have a fabulous day.